The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Welcome to a special Thanksgiving edition of Fuel for the Harvest. I'm Nathan. And I'm Charlie. Uh, We're your hosts for today. And we wanted to start off by just asking a few questions. How many of you would like to have your life impact? I'm imagining all of you would say, I absolutely want to matter. I want to impact. Um, And that might look like running the race God has for you and laboring for him not in vain. It actually matters. I also want to ask how many of you would like to be blameless and innocent? Probably all of us would want to be blameless and innocent. How many of us want to be without fault? We have a lot of faults sometimes. I know I do, but how many of us want to be without fault? Probably all of us. How many of us um, would like to shine as lights in our dark world? Man, I can't tell you I've ever met a Christian who says, yeah, I really don't want to shine as a light for Christ. (laughs) All of us want to. So how is that possible? How could we actually be blameless and innocent? Could we be without fault? Could we shine as lights for Christ? And could our lives actually count? I believe they can. The question is how? Well, maybe some of you have noticed I'm actually just quoting different parts of Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16, and the very beginning of that gives the answer. It says, do all things without grumbling or arguing. Do everything without grumbling or arguing, without complaining, so that you could be blameless and innocent children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. And then Paul goes on as he's writing that he desires to to not run the race in vain. And he declares that all of this comes by not grumbling, by doing everything in our life without grumbling or complaining. Uh, It's really got me thinking, what are some ways that we grumble or complain in our life? Right. And like, I mean, does it it even matter that we grumble or complain? I mean, uh, these are some of the questions that we want to kind of talk about today. So uh, I guess to to just go off what you were saying um i think that gr- we grumble about a lot more than we honestly think about yeah i know it's true for me <clears throat> so um i find myself grumbling about basically so many things unfortunately <laughs> uh like i suffer from being a hangry person so oh. uh if i don't have food in my belly i find myself complaining yeah um I find myself doing like those humble, like false humility kind of like, oh, this is so hard. I don't know. I don't have a good example of it right this minute, but I do that too. Um, I also find myself complaining about like the temperature or traffic. uh, I mean, and other things, things like things in marriage and things in like family dynamics. I like, man, why did you cook this meal for dinner? (laughs) What in the world? Wow. Or I know it's like, man, 
there's too many cars on the road. What the heck? And it's, it's, there's ice on the road. Guys, get over it. Like, you're driving like an idiot. You know, I would, of course, nobody of you would ever say something like that. I <laughs> mean, uh, yeah. Or, man, they served the food to me cold. Right. This sucks. Or they got your drink wrong at Starbucks. Or, I, I mean, the workload's too much this week at work. Right. And, man, my boss, he just doesn't understand. Right. I All that to say, there are so many things in our world today that we grumble about. Like, just so many things. Anything that doesn't go our way, anything that's a little bit uncomfortable, anything that uh, makes us have to, requires us to have a little extra patience or take a little extra time, anything in those, in those paradigms cause us to grumble. Yeah, it, it seems to be to me, extremely prevalent all the time, every day, hour by hour, uh, with people, with situations, uh, just things we don't like, things we don't prefer, small things, big things. Um, But I'm wondering and thinking about it, I've been thinking about it a lot recently, is this, I mean, is it a big deal? Does it matter that much? Um, Is it a small thing, a big thing? I mean, I would say the way that we approach this topic typically seems to be like it's a minor issue. Right. We kind of put it on the level of like white lies. Like, uh, it's better to not do them, but if you do it every once in a while, it's okay. Not a big deal. Or like other kind of small sins that that we do sometimes. Yeah, like culturally we think it's a small, not a big deal. Like, like... Uh, we should, probably shouldn't be gluttonous. We don't need to overeat all the time. But not a big deal if we have a little bit of extra steak. Right. Uh, it doesn't matter. Or, yeah, a little white lie. Like, okay, yeah, I'll say you look amazing even though... Uh, well, what, <laughs> what are you trying to say, man? Not I do you. look amazing. Uh, <laughs> or, or, yeah, different things like that. Um, you know what? Uh, we shouldn't cuss. If it slips once in a while, uh, no big deal. We kind of. It seems like we view it on that level. Does God view it on the same level as that? Or do the scriptures paint a different picture? Uh, my wife and I were leading a group of high school students. And, of course, my heart often wanders and begins to grumble and complain at different situations. And I was grumbling at a situation in which all the students were complaining. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe this team. They grumble and complain about everything and it's killing me. And then, of course, I'm grumbling and complaining at their grumbling and complaining. Uh, it's a healthy circle. Yes. So I was like, one night, my wife and I we were like, man, let's just see what the Bible has to say about this. Does it give an answer uh, or does it speak to this issue? We know there's a few verses, but let's look it up. And when we started to do a word search on grumbling and complaining, I am telling you, we were literally shocked. Absolutely, utterly shocked. Um, I looked up in the Knaves Topical Study Bible, which... Billy Graham has recommended that he used a lot in his personal life to look up topics. I, I looked up the word there, and because it uses old language, it doesn't have the specific word grumble, but in the older translations, it used the word murmur. That word and that topic, I just literally went through and counted, showed up more than 60 times, 60 plus times. And I'm sure there's other scriptures that aren't listed there. So we're saying a minimum throughout the scriptures is talking about this topic 60 times. Seems like a big deal. Right. And uh, I just wanted to share one of those places that I had come across that really struck me. 
uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, Paul is talking about the idolatry of the people of Israel. And he's saying, hey, let's not be idolaters as some of them were. In verse 7 he says that. Uh, and then he goes on to list the different ways that were revealing their idolatry. The, the ways where they were saying, hey, well, idolatry, we talk about, okay, you have a different god or a different idol, but really revealing a heart that chooses your way over God's way. And in verse 10, Paul lists one of those ways as idolatry as grumbling. Uh, he says, we must not put Christ into the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, what in the world is he talking about? He's referencing back to Numbers chapter 14, where the people of God were grumbling and complaining, and there was actually judgment against it. Uh, but all this to say, we're seeing that it seems to be a huge deal right. in the scriptures. Like in the Numbers passage... Like, the people of Israel are approaching the promised land for the first time. So if you guys remember kind of the story of Exodus and Numbers, uh, Moses takes these people to, to the promised land the first time. They send 12 spies in. These 12 spies are hanging out in the promised land for 40 days. Ten spies come back and say, we can't do it. We can't go in. There's giants in there. And then two spies come back. Uh, Joshua and Caleb, they come back and they say, no, we can do it. God is going to be with us in the midst of this. And it's in the midst of that situation that the people of God, the Israelites, begin to grumble and complain and grumble and complain and grumble and complain. And God looks at their grumbling and complaining as a lack of belief. In in the Numbers passage, it literally talks about how... Uh, how God is like, how long am I going to deal with these people? I've shown them so many signs. I've shown them so many wonders. And they still don't believe in me. What's going on here? And the punishment for these, the, for their grumbling and complaining, which is evidence of their lack of belief, is that these guys, anyone 20 years and older, is are no longer going to be able to go into this promised land. It's called the promised land, by the way, because it's land that God promised all the way back in Genesis to Abraham. Anyway, that's beside the point. It, these Anyone 20 years and older will not be able to go into the promised land. In fact, a, a whole generation has to die out. So these guys are cursed to walk around in the desert for 40 years because of their grumbling and complaining, which was evidence of their unbelief. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, literally, the Lord says, How long shall this wicked congregation grumble against me? I have heard the grumblings of the people of Israel, which they grumble against me. And it's just after this that he says, not one shall come into the land that I swore I would give them. And as you're saying, it's it's revealing that really they have a lack of belief in the Lord. Uh, they're grumbling and complaining. And I started to think, why is that? Like 1 Corinthians 10, Paul's saying, hey, you're idolatrous if you're grumbling. Hey, by the way, so were the people of Israel because they grumbled against the Lord. And it seems to put us in the driver's seat and say, you know what, God? The situation you've given me isn't good enough. You know what, God? Your provisions that you've given me, they're not good enough. I know what's best. Obviously, you don't know what you're doing because I'm grumbling and complaining and saying, this shouldn't be this way. How dare this be the lot that I'm given, Lord? This isn't good enough. What's wrong with you? I mean, essentially, that's what our grumbling and complaining is saying to God. Right. Like, I've experienced that uh, in my own life with, like, I'll be honest, my wife and I, we live in a basement, and there have been moments where I begin to get, like, I have two younger brothers, 
and they both own houses now. <laughs> and I'm still living in a basement as the oldest brother in the family. And it, I mean, it goes to my head and I start to grumble and complain. And like, honestly, I, I know for a fact, I'm, like as, as, as sad as I am to admit this brokenness, like I know for a fact that it reveals a lack of faith on my end. It reveals that I'm not trusting that God's going to provide what I need for my wife and I when we need it. And, uh, uh, it, I'll be honest, it, it, it's not, it doesn't just end there. Like that lack of, that lack of thankfulness, that, that grumbling and complaining drives me to all kinds of really messed up places. It drives me to begin to like second guess my calling, for instance, because Mm -hmm. it's because I'm called to ministry that I can't afford to live Mm -hmm. in my own house. And so like, why, uh, why am I doing this? Maybe I should ditch out of this. Like it, it's not just that I don't have a house. It's that like, it's all of these layers and layers and layers. And rather than having a different attitude, it just, this grumbling just makes me dive deep and dive deep and dive deep. And honestly, I'd say there's been moments of like depression almost where like, I just become overwhelmed with the, the, the badness of whatever situation I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Um, as I think about grumbling and complaining, I wonder about all the opportunities I've missed for the Lord. Mm. Uh, not only to make use of a situation um, but and have a good attitude, but literally missed people's lives. Mm. Uh, maybe a car broke down because I was supposed to help somebody in that area or talk with someone that would come help me. Or maybe my order was late because God wanted me to engage somebody in that place for a few extra minutes and ask them how their day was and how I could care for them or pray for them or love them. Mm. And and instead of fulfilling what God could have had for me in that moment, I'm saying, I can't believe this. I can't believe that. I'm thinking about myself, what I should be or could be or could have been, rather than simply being present in that moment, gratefully to the Lord. Uh, I, I wonder about how many opportunities I've missed because of grumbling. Uh, I look at this passage in Numbers chapter 14, and when I see the Israelites grumbling and God saying, okay, as a result, you will not get to walk in the land which I was going to give you, I wonder, I think it's true, we may miss purposes that God has for our life due to our grumbling and complaining. Right. The Israelites could have been in the promised land 40 years earlier. The story could have been entirely different if they hadn't been so focused on grumbling and complaining. So it seems like a massive deal to God. Not only is it mentioned more than 60 times throughout the scriptures, and God bringing judgment against it, just saying this is right, this is wrong, making judgments against it uh, for his purposes, but also saying, hey, you're missing fulfilling the purposes I have for you if you grumble and complain, and you are not only missing that, but you won't be blameless, innocent, without fault, light-shining children of God. Right. Because of grumbling and complaining. Right. It seems to me to be a larger deal to God than, ah, let's just brush it under the rug, white lie, you know what, no big deal. If you do, try not to. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a bigger deal to that, to God than that, yeah. as I look at it. Yeah. It and does. I was shocked when I came across these passages recently. Right, it, because, like, we don't really talk about this, honestly. Like, I, we were talking a little bit earlier that we can't remember the last time we heard a sermon about grumbling and complaining. 
And the most I've probably heard is, yeah, just don't do it. Yeah, like the very most. <laughs> like one sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so great. So we, we get that it's a big deal to God. We're seeing that and that we could miss the purposes God has for us uh, because of what grumbling brings and, and revealing that our hearts are lacking faith and it's really idolatry putting ourselves in, in the seat of God when he alone should be there and we should praise him for that. Um, so what should we do? Like how I'm, I'm asking the question and we'd love to just discuss this for you guys as well to hear what do we do with grumbling and complaining? I mean, we've all tried to just cold turkey, fine, I'm not going to do it anymore. Put the rubber band on the wrist and <laughs> pull it and whack yourself every time you do it. Good luck. Yeah. It doesn't work. So there's got to be a better solution, I think. Yeah. And uh, as we were discussing earlier, I think that the solution that we think is the best is actually thankfulness. Yeah. Uh, taking on a spirit of thankfulness rather than a spirit of grumbling and uh, looking at the situations in, that are happening in our lives for what they could be, uh, potentially for what God is trying to accomplish in them, rather than perhaps for what they are, or even giving thanks for the different situations that we're in. I, I'm astounded, honestly, by the sheer massive amount of blessing that we have in our lives that we are not thankful for. Mm. And, and, and the things that we complain about, like... I don't know if you guys have seen that meme on social networks where it's like the guy in a window who's looking at the guy walking on the path and he's like, oh, he's in a wheelchair. Like, oh, how great would it be to have legs? And the guy who's walking looks at the guy on the bike and says, oh, how great it would be to have a bike. And the guy on the bike looking at the guy in the car, oh, how great it would be to have a car. And the guy in the car looking at a nicer car, so on and so forth. And everybody's just not thankful for what they have. Mm. And ultimately, there's always someone with less. And I find that like... Car trouble, for instance. Man, if you have car trouble, you're probably in the richest 10% of people on planet Earth. Uh, I don't know that number exactly, but like you're, pro you're one of the richest people on planet Earth because the fact that you have car trouble means you have your own car. It means that you can afford, at least in the United States, it means you, you have to put insurance in that, on that car. It means you have um, enough money to put gas in that car. It means, it means that you have somewhere to park that car. Mm. Like, the fact that we have car trouble, there's so much inherent blessing just in the fact that we have car trouble. And, in, and when we have car trouble, we seem to forget the blessing that those things are. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think... Thank, an attitude of thankfulness, which is why this is the Thanksgiving special episode, is the key. And I think one of the ways to develop that is we can ask the Lord to remind us. When these situations come up, say, Lord, would you remind me to be thankful no matter what comes? I mean, James talks about rejoicing and suffering and at the various trials that we face. So, Lord, would you remind all of us, the listeners, everyone here, that when these situations come up, Rather than looking at ourselves and complaining, we're going to look at you, Lord, and and be thankful uh, for what you have given us. And I would also add, um, the scripture Romans 5 comes to mind. Uh, it says, let us rejoice in suffering. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these things could be what we'd call tiny sufferings, like, you know, this guy made me angry or my car broke. Okay, whatever. Tiny sufferings, whether they're big or small, rejoice in sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out 
his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So if we want to see that happen in our life, it starts with rejoicing and suffering. And I think that's a path where we can see grumbling, complaining, kind of disintegrate and develop a heart of thankfulness is saying, you know what? I'm going to rejoice no matter what comes. I'm going to say, thank you, Lord. I'm going to turn my eyes to you and be joyful because you're with me and you have purposes for me in the midst of this that I don't want to miss. Yeah. And I've found it's like, maybe we can call it one of the mysteries of the gospel, but I have found even in the situation I was telling you earlier about the house, when I choose Mm. rather than thinking about everything that I don't have, when I choose to recognize, man, I have a roof over my head. I have food in my belly. I have a heater on a cold winter night. I have, like, when I start to give thanks to God and be intentional about giving thanks Mm. to God, there's a heart change in me. And these things that were at one point making me depressed, I'm now rejoicing in. And I I know that almost sounds cliche, but like there's Mm. literally, like it's almost like a chemical shift in my brain where like I'm, I I have a more positive attitude. I don't go down the, man, I should, maybe I should just drop out of ministry and get a different job. I don't go down that road. I go down an entirely different road of like praising the Lord for everything that he's provided. And a lot of times I found that a like this attitude of thankfulness. Sorry, I said spirit of thankfulness. I just mean attitude of thankfulness. Uh, this attitude of thankfulness actually leads me to to re- remember the things that Jesus has done for me. The mm. moments that he's brought hope and healing and restoration. The moments that he, like, and, and I get to rejoice in all of those moments again. And all that to say, like, the potential of choosing thankfulness over grumbling is massive and I can't explain why my heart changes I can't explain why my brain changes but I can testify that the word of God is true and that it's worth uh, it's worth taking on that attitude of thankfulness yeah I I would even venture to say God's wired us that way yeah as he's created us I mean I've read various articles online um, talking about the science of giving thanks and they are literally saying, that when you are grateful and you give thanks for things, that it literally releases dopamine in your brain. So there is something going on, and I don't know why, maybe for whatever reason, God has wired us that way. And when we give thanks, hey, there's a release in my brain, and all of a sudden it shifts how I'm viewing life. It causes these other things in my life to go away, and I'm going, man, I want that again. I want that again, so I'm going to be grateful for more things. Right. Uh, and, and one article is kind of funny. He's like, no, it's not the apple pie. It's not the turkey that you see. It's literally just this idea of giving thanks and how it can transform your life. Um, and, and God knows what's best for us. So, of course, he's going to say, hey, don't grumble or complain. There's a better way for you. Give right. thanks. Have a thankful attitude. Rejoice. Right. And I just want to make sure to echo what you said earlier that, this is not just giving thanks when it's easy to give thanks. Yeah. It's it's giving thanks like there's more than one scripture. There's a scripture in Romans 5, there's a scripture in James chapter 1. Like there's scriptures across the Bible that are talking about giving thanks when it's really hard to give thanks. When it's like why would I even dream mm. of giving thanks for this? Like I, I could imagine a situation where maybe a, a child has cancer. What, how could I possibly give thanks in the midst of a child having cancer? Well, I mean, it's hard always to see it from the front end, but God has promised us in Romans chapter 8 that he's going to bring all things to good. 
regardless of the outcome of, of that child's cancer, he will bring it to good. It's a promise in scripture that we can count on him pulling off every single time. And so we can give thanks knowing that God is at work in the midst of those things. Yeah, and, and I would say too, it doesn't necessarily mean that we have to say thank you for this horrific tragedy that happened. Right. It means that I'm going to be praising God and thankful to God for what I do have. It doesn't mean, wow, Lord, I'm really glad that this guy just died. Right. Or my kid got cancer. It doesn't mean that. It's just, Lord, I'm thankful to you, and I'm going to choose to praise you and choose to rejoice even in the midst of everything that's here. Right. That's and, good clarification. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, that's where my heart is. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we are thankful for you guys as listeners, uh, and we hope that you'll be thankful in this season as you're celebrating Thanksgiving that you'll just be reminded of, of being thankful and that grumbling actually is a big deal to God, but there is an answer and a way forward. Well, it was wonderful having you here with us for this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. We hope you have a great Thanksgiving holiday. God bless.